0: And invite you to take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. We have been looking this month at the characters that are involved in the Christmas account. The first Sunday we looked at God the Father. He's the one that wrote this story. He's the one that initiated it. He is the one that empowered it. And He is the giver. And make sure that at Christmas, you don't just focus just on the babe and forget the one who gave Jesus Christ. Um, Last week, we looked at the aspect of the faith of Joseph and Mary. I mean, called to unprecedented steps, and they willingly obeyed. In the face of very, very difficult situations, but were willing to obey and their faith was rewarded. Now we come today to um, two other groups that we'll look at today, um, the shepherds and the wise men. And really, they came as witnesses of the birth of Christ. You notice in Luke Chapter 2, verse 7, Mary brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned. Glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen was as it was told them. Imagine you are God. And you want to announce the most amazing, incredible news that there has ever been. You want to announce the event that would literally change all of history, the birth of God incarnate Jesus Christ. The birth of one who will be the Savior of the whole world, the one who for the nation of Israel will be the Messiah for which they have long been waiting and longing And finally the time has come and you want to announce it. How would you do the birth announcement, so to speak? Today there's all kinds of, um, what do they call them, reveal announcements. They do various things to reveal what kind of child they're going to have, uh, you know, from having a pink balloon and a blue balloon and they shoot the one I don't know do you shoot the one that it's going to be or you shoot the one that's not I don't know but or they'll have there's all kinds of things that they do it's amazing to me the things that we think of and add and it's soon becomes a tradition but I digress so I need to get back but you are planning this is a monumental event how would you announce it? Who would you invite to this birth announcement? And normal, natural thinking of man would be, we need to get the kings, the governors, the magistrates, we need to get the religious leaders, the priests, the rabbis, the synagogue officials. Um, we, we, let's invite the military leaders. Let's invite the, the, the shakers and movers of, of society, the wealthy merchants and those that have influence. Nowadays, you may or may not, but there was a day when they would probably invite the news media, put out a, a news alert that we have a very special announcement to be made. But that isn't how God did it. None of those things happened. In fact, of all the people that he invited, to those that he decided to make the announcement to, he came to a group of shepherds. Now, I know in, in our minds, we think of shepherds and they have a place of nobility and a place of, of respect regardless of how Sunday school kids through the years have tried to destroy that image, all right? But we think of these guys in in a, a long staff, and we think of them coming in in robes and things, and and we generally think well of shepherds at the time of Christ's birth, shepherding, one of the oldest professions of the world. Adam was charged to have dominion over the animal kingdom, and Abel was called the keeper of the sheep. Many of God's chosen leaders were experienced shepherds. But honestly, at the time of Christ's birth, Nobody paid much attention to these guys that literally smelled like sheep. These were guys that were out in the mountains. They were seen as anti-social people in part because they seldom dealt with people. They were out in the mountains. When we lived in Montana, we had a, a man that, that was a hired sheep herder. And he came to our church um, about four times a year because that was the only times that he was in. Literally, he was out in the mountains taking care of the sheep and maybe a few more times than four times a year. But, but when you knew Roy was there... You knew he was relieved of a little bit of taking care of it. But the shepherds in Christ's time, that was their life. and And they really did not have a good reputation. They would travel around, and in some areas, they viewed shepherds as people that would be around a while, and they'd leave, and if something was missing you'd blame it on the shepherds kind of a, a gypsy mentality in some areas but these were these were down to earth earthy nothing special about them in the areas of Bethlehem where they were tending their sheep they were In most cases, caring for sheep that were being prepared for temple sacrifices. Their job, needless to say, was to guard the sheep from human or animal predators. And it was not uncommon for these shepherds to have to pay for a lost sheep out of their own wages. Usually take turns in the night, have their shifts. Most likely a a three-hour shift that they would have. But it's an interesting fact that our Lord was born in Bethlehem where all sacrificial lambs were born. And he died as the supreme sacrifice in Jerusalem, the very place that all sacrificial lambs were killed. We might say it only makes sense that the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, would have his birth announcement to shepherds. He himself as the good shepherd. But we might ask, why the shepherds and how many were there in Did they all go to Bethlehem? We don't have the answers to that. Probably not. Some they probably left to take care of the sheep. And exactly what did happen to them after they left Bethlehem? But we might ask, why did God choose shepherds? I think there's some lessons we can learn from this. Number one, they were an exhibit of God's love for all. Can you imagine if God came to the ruling class, or he came to the business savvy people, or he came to the military and chose them as his announcement or whatever? There would be a segment of society that, well, he's good enough for them, but I don't know if we're good enough for him. In essence, the shepherds represented, humanly speaking, if you please, those that were not respected, the low class. And God made known abroad that he is no respecter of persons, that he came to these guys that didn't have refined social skills, that couldn't bring expensive gifts, that smelled like sheep. How many of you have been around sheep long enough to know what they smell like? You don't go to Yonkers or someplace and find essence of lamb or sheep, all right. And yet the God sent forth the angels to bring the message to the shepherds. They were an exhibit and an illustration of God's love for all mankind, and he chose them. God's ways are not our ways, are they? We would not have done it that way. If we were writing the story, it wouldn't have been that way. But honestly, this this gives hope to all of us. As I was thinking about this, and let me say... Let me say, if you're offended by this, I don't mean to offend you. And I don't say that to get your attention, but I've got everybody's attention right now, all right? Southern Iowa is not known as the elite in our nation. I mean, I love Southern Iowa. But I mean, you take the nicest, richest, fanciest home in southern Iowa, and it doesn't, I don't care who it is, it doesn't hold the candle to a lot of other areas. I mean, you go to California there are more Lexus, more BMWs, more Audis per square mile than there probably is in the whole state of Iowa. Now, we say, so what? As long as the thing starts and runs and keeps me warm in the winter and cold in the summer. But from the world standpoint, you know, you don't have people moving from some place and building their home here in southern Iowa. I mean, when we lived in Montana, all these people would buy places, and, and the owner of the Miami Dolphins bought a place and built a monstrous mansion, a summer home, of course, swimming pool in the shape of a dolphin. And I mean, I don't know unless any of your neighbors have, uh, you know, the owner of the Jackson Wire Jaguars moved into your area. What do we get moving into our area? Guys that want to kill big bucks, right? And they're buying up all the land so you can't hunt there. But I say all that, and I'm not demeaning. I'm a southern island. I love it. And we don't want people to know how good we have it here because they'd come here, right? But we're a little pond in a big ocean. And so were the shepherds. And God cares about the little fish in the little ponds. And it ought to give us hope. It ought to, to make us realize God saw these guys doing day in and day out, hard-working guys, not getting any pat on the back. Their retirement, they didn't have a retirement. They were a shepherd until they died. And God said, let's go to them and bring the message to them. And God's saying to the entire world, I care about everyone. That... Humanly speaking, we may think of as the lowest. They were an an exhibit of God's love for all, that he is no respecter of persons. And you notice then what else we can learn from them. It says that they went and made known abroad the sayings which were told unto them. Did you ever realize that the shepherds were the very first evangelist. And they did not emphasize what it was like to see an angel, or they did not write a book, The Joy of Hearing an Angelic Choir, nor did they dwell on how afraid they were, Their main interest was reporting that which was told them concerning this child. I mean, they could have written a book about their nighttime experience. But they went and made the focus on Jesus Christ. They went and told them, The things that were told to them concerning Jesus Christ. So what did they tell them? Their message that they heard. Fear not, for I bring you good news, good tidings. There is a Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. They didn't say, wow, look at God chose us. We're the first ones to find out about this. No, they said, this is a message that everybody needs to hear. And they came out and said, repeated the message, fear not, we bring you good news. There is a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. You understand that's the exact same thing that Christ wants us to do today. The world that we live in today is filled with fear. And God is looking for some normal, average, down-to-earth people that are willing to keep the focus on Him and to bring a message. Fear not. There is a Savior. There is a Deliverer. And it's not a politician It's not some laws. There is a deliverer, and it's Jesus Christ. And to tell them the things concerning this child. These shepherds, their hearts were changed. They found a joy that the world could not deliver. They found a wholeness that they could not achieve in any other way in their life. They found a peace, and they wanted others to know about it. And so it says that they went and continued on their way, glorifying and praising God. Do you understand these are just common, down-to-earth, overlooked individuals that God chose to bring the message of his son to. And when they saw Jesus Christ, they immediately, their response was to go and tell others about it and then to live their lives glorifying and praising God. In in all probability, they went back And they went back to their normal jobs. We don't read that any of them left that and became disciples of Christ. They went back and continued their job. And in their job, they were glorifying and praising God. I mean, the reality of the shepherds. ought to encourage our hearts. I mean, honestly, I can relate to the shepherds. I'm a nobody. We're all nobodies. And yet God says, I want you to come see the Christ and I want you to go tell others and I want you to praise and glorify me. us as a nobody. Now turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And notice in verse 1. You're familiar with the account. We're not going to take time to read it, but the wise men. Now let me just say, I know that We don't know, I know that we don't know, you get that, all right, how many wise men there were. And I know we sing songs about, we sang one this morning, the wise men three. There could have been three, but there were more than one, because it's plural. And I also know they weren't kings, okay, we sometimes sing, we three kings, if You know, the the reality is the point is not how many there were. The point is what were they? Wise men were, were really consultants and counselors and advisors to kings. So here we go from shepherds that nobody cared what they thought, just take care of the sheep, To now, wise men. And I know that there weren't wise men at the manger, okay? He was probably, Jesus was probably nearly two years old. So, I mean, the wise men weren't at the manger, but the point is, what was God doing with these wise men, these counselors, advisors, which knew clearly how Herod would treat them. They knew the heart of Herod, a very wicked king at this time. But the wise men, as you know the account, came and they found Mary and Joseph in their home, and they brought to them, Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These wise men modeled for us that genuine worship is giving. Frankincense and myrrh were very expensive gifts. Historians tell us that a pound of incense cost a full week's wages of day laborers, and the prized myrrh could cost 50 days' wages. These reflect the wealth of the Magi and the worth of Christ in their eyes. They did not consider this um, unusual. They valued the fact that this is the Messiah, and He is worthy of, of the highest that we can give Him. Some say that gold is a symbol for a king which Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and that frankincense was used by priests in their worship. It is a symbol of the high priest. This incense was never mixed with sin offerings like meat. It was only used in the offerings that were pure before God. And myrrh is a symbol of death. He is the king, he is the high priest, and he did die for us. But to the wise men, in their coming, they came to worship him. And to worship him doesn't mean they just had a good feeling. They came to worship him, and it's showing forth his worthness. Worship means Giving honor and praise because he is worthy. They all, we don't have the time to go into it, but they all come from the same word, worthiness, worship, show forth his worthship. And, and it's, they came and they showed forth this worship. They brought gifts that they had. They showed forth their love. They modeled that genuine worship is giving. Do you really worship God? What is it that you give Him? He doesn't need anything from us, but worship is giving Him our time. Have you been too busy lately that you just don't get time with him? Giving him our praise, giving him our thanks, giving him our will. Lord, it's not about me. It's not my will, but your will be done. To show that you are worthy, you are all-knowing, you are all-powerful. You are worthy. And I want to show your worthiness by giving you myself. I want to give you this time. I want, to, I want to have a date with you by giving him our best, giving him the first fruits. You ever think about what can I give Christ this Christmas? So they show us that worship is involved with giving. But they also show us that they feared God, not man. Herod, you know this story, Herod had told them to go and come and report back. The angel of the Lord said, no, don't go report back, go some other way. And they obeyed God, not man, knowing that this could be a death sentence on them. But it says they went out another way, meaning they obeyed God. As Mary obeyed God, as Joseph obeyed God, the wise men obeyed God. And in grave danger did they obey God. We don't know what happened to them, but we know Herod was mad enough that that he said, I want this child destroyed, and he commanded every male son two years old and under to be killed. Every male son. That's a little redundant, isn't it, what I just said. You think of the the disaster that it came on the... On the people at that time. This was a very wicked man. And these counselors and advisors to the king, they disobeyed him and obeyed God and went out another way because they feared God and not man. And many, many times we as human beings get into trouble because we fear man and not God. Proverbs 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare. So we look at these two groups. We look at the shepherds, which are, are just the down-to-earth, no one cares about, and yet they came to Christ, and they willingly and gladly shared the good news. And then we look at these highly educated and fully provided for, and rich on the other end of the spectrum. And God led them to the Messiah, and they gladly worshipped Him by giving, and they gladly obeyed Him rather than man, and went out another way. So, this Christmas, are you willing to be a shepherd and share the good news, and glorify, and praise God, and make the focus Jesus Christ? This Christmas, are you willing to be wise through the act of giving? First of all, giving to God. What do you think God would say if if you said, God, I want to give you ten minutes every day this next year, that I'm just going to pray. If you're here today and say, oh, that'd, that'd be nothing. I already do that. Well, give him more. But what are we giving to God? We want all these things from God. But the wise men came and they gladly gave to show that he is worthy. What have you done to show how worthy God is in your life? What have you given to him? So the shepherds and the wise men, the two spectrums, characters of the Christmas story that are witnesses to the worthiness of God and give us a challenge in our life to show forth the message, fear not, good news, a Savior Jesus Christ. And that give us the message, it is more blessed to give than to receive and to fear God and not man. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would learn from these two groups that you mightily moved upon. And Lord, that we would embrace the character, the response of the shepherds and the wise men, and that you truly would be glorified not only in our lives this Christmas season, but, Lord, throughout the year and until you come again. So, Lord, thank you for your perfect design in the birth announcements for your perfect design in your leading individuals, the wise men to you. Thank you for your perfect design in sending your Son for our redemption. And Lord, I pray if there's one here today that has never called upon you, they don't know the good news that you alone are the Savior, I pray today, that they would call upon you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.